Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You're listening to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum with Dr. Bill Forstjen. We pick up right now where we left off last week. Well, I think the key to remember is if someone declares war on you, you cannot unilaterally say, I'm not at war with them. Because, I mean, that's just not the way it works. We do not have the choice of backing away from this confrontation. And that's, I think, if, 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 you're, if Day of Wrath, your, your latest book, does anything, it points out the necessity of understanding that fact. And that is, we do not have a choice about confronting this enormous, dangerous evil. You know, I know where you stand on an issue, because I, I can remember attending that event with you some years ago uh, at a local gun range. Uh, you and I are passionate supporters of the Second Amendment. Absolutely. And walk in, uh, how many times a day do we walk into buildings where we see signs that say, this is a gun-free zone? Now, in Day of Wrath, early in, uh, the plot is it focuses, on, again, on a single family. He's a teacher. He believes something is going to happen sooner or later. And I specifically wrote in the scene where he's getting out of his car and he puts a Ruger, a light 380 Ruger, which is, fits into your pocket. Put the gun in his pocket, and he's contemplating, at this moment, I am now in violation of law. In my state, I can face a minimum of three years in jail. And then about 30 pages later, the terrorists do hit his school. They kill the security guard, and they walk past a sign that says, this is a gun-free zone. What are we thinking? You know, my blood pressure is going up. What are we thinking when we put signs up, this is a gun-free zone, when there are terrorists like ISIS? That is an invitation for slaughter. They're going to go for the soft targets. That's the type of cowardly scum that they are. What's the softest target in America? Our schools. No question. And, and that's what always gets me like you about a sign. A sign that says gun-free zone is pretty much an advertisement that there's no one around that's going to stop you from doing whatever you want to do. It's, you exactly. may as well put a billboard up there and say, with an arrow and say, do your evil deeds here because you can do them for an awful long time before anyone else is going to be here to stop you. That's what that sign means, gun-free zone. Now, I've been an educator my entire life. I've, I've taught everything from middle school and 
private schools and public schools to being a college professor. I remember teaching middle school as such, where the bullies. I mean, we essentially as a society, it's like being a, a kind of a nerdy 10-year-old kid who hung his, with a sign around his neck. I won't hit you back if you hit me. Right. What are the bullies going to do? They're going to be on that kid in a heartbeat. And witnessing that when I used to be a teacher, it's like, oh, we have to counsel, we have to talk and everything else. I'd be quietly saying to the kid, listen, kid, you're going to have to figure out how to fight back. Because once you do, they'll back off from you. But if they think they can slug you and get away with it, they're going to slug you. That's the nature of reality. That's how evil works. Well, that's how, well, that's how you have to deal with bullies. And I know your parents probably told you that. My parents told you that. Is that at some point you get sick and tired of being bullied and you punch them in the nose. Right. Yeah. Let, let, let's draw a, a more brutal type of analogy. We are a media and a government today. Imagine if we had the media and government we have today on June 6, 1944. Now, at the end of that longest day, in fact, somebody actually did a little thing, I think you'll find on YouTube of this, of reporters going around, this has been a day of slaughter and disaster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when is it going to stop? And there's a political leader saying, you know, I think it's time we actually talk with Hitler. We can, we can stop this now. We can reason with that man. No. On the evening of June 6, 1944, we took a beach with our allies. We took five beachheads. And we weren't going to stop until we went, got all the way to Berlin or at least be out. There was no compromising with him. There was no compromising with the Japanese. There's no compromising with ISIS. I got a bumper sticker on my car. It's, I had it made up. I go crazy when I'm going down the road and I see that bumper sticker coexist. Yes. You know the one? Yes, I know it very well. <laughs> it, it does the same thing to me. Well, you might recognize my car now because I have modified it, and my sticker says coexist. Well, since that's a copyrighted trademark thing, I've changed. But the C representing the crescent of Islam is dripping blood. And the comment is you can't coexist with people who want to kill you. Exactly. So if somebody sees a car with that sticker, that's great. Okay. <laughs> you cannot coexist with people who want to kill you. As was witnessed in, you know, in the beginning of January with the murder of 12 journalists because they wrote a satirical cartoon about Muhammad. They killed him. Well, you know, at some point, we need to to wake up. And, you know, when I heard that, uh, when I saw that this uh on the news about the journalists in Paris. Uh, my comment to myself on, well, there goes another instance of workplace violence in Paris. Oh, yeah. Oh, Fort Hood. Or Fort Hood, yes. Workplace violence. You know, that's part of the problem, is if you're not willing to identify your foe as your foe, uh -huh. how can you possibly fight him? It is the moral equivalent of liberating Auschwitz 
And then somebody actually trying to say, oh, this wasn't about anti-Semitism. Right. Now, granted, many other groups suffered as well under the Nazis. But the single biggest group that was targeted were the Jews, over six million. And some apologist is trying to say, oh, this was not about anti-Semitism or it didn't happen. That's what we're doing today, isn't it? We are in a religious war. We better wake up to it. There is a significant factor of Islam that will not be satisfied until we are dead. There's no compromise with that anymore. And the scary thing of it is that one of those factions, Iran, is driving towards nuclear weapons or might already have them. That is a scary thought, for sure. I mean, that that would definitely up the ante for them to be able to do that kind of mass destruction on us. No question about it. But even even what they're doing, even uh, an attack on a school, an attack on uh, a business like a, like a newspaper, that has almost as much effect in changing the way we live, changing our level of, of comfort, so that we really can't be what we should be, what we are, or what we were. Mm-hmm. Think of how our world has changed since 9-11. And you, with your, your political interest and your understanding of history, you know as well as I do that one of the quickest ways for people to surrender their liberties is to be afraid and then say, oh, the government can protect us. Oh, we'll surrender this, this, and this. Is that not precisely what Hitler promised the German people? Is it not what Lenin promised the Russian people? I'll give you security. You'll have peace. Peace, bread, and land. What did he wind up with? Slavery. And that's absolutely true, because we've seen that since 9-11. The Patriot Act is a, is a gross uh, over, overstepping of the... Of, of, it's crushing the Constitution, the NDAA, the NSA, the Patriot Act. We have allowed as a nation things to occur that are blatantly unconstitutional. Well, we're, we're not going to give away the ending of Day of Wrath on the air, but I know those last five pages have angered some people, upset some people, but a lot of people have also said, yeah, I could see it turning out that way in the end. Yep. I agree. Uh, and that's, that's why that book is so important, because it forces us to think about the unthinkable and how we would deal with it. Yes. And that's, you know, I, I, I've often joked with my daughter and my fiancé about, I want to write a book called Happy Bunny Goes to Town. So that when I do interviews, <laughs> we can laugh and chuckle and trade stories about the happy bunny. But I feel compelled to point out the warning instead. I wish I someday could write a book called Happy Bunny Goes to Town. But we're in a time of terrible crisis right now. As grim as the world faced in 1939, 1940, 41. You better wake up. And I would say to you that in actuality... The threat is as evil as it was then 
but the tools that they have are so much more frightening. They have learned so much, so many better ways to terrorize us since 1941. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because you and I grew up during the Cold War. You and I grew up remembering duck and cover and air raid shelters and everything else. Right. Uh, I point out, thank God that whether they really were or not, the Soviet Union claimed to be atheistic. They wanted to inherit and take over a material world that was still basically functional. Therefore, the ultimate threat of a full-scale nuclear exchange was not on their plane. They would try and wear it down by internal dissent and other things. But they weren't going to go to a full-scale nuclear exchange. As long as we have leaders like Reagan and such who can make back, don't even think about it. The enemy we face today would enjoy nothing more than an apocalyptic world. Their so-called religion visualized an ultimate destruction, a total annihilation of Western civilization. And if it means the world is a smoking room, Allah Akbar, that's great with us, because we'll get our 72 virgins afterwards. So go ahead, let's destroy the world. That's the type of enemy we're facing today, unlike the Nazis or Japanese imperialists or the Soviets. You know, that's really an incredible point, because even the Nazis, each one of them wanted to live. They wanted to be alive at the end. Whatever happened, they didn't want to be dead. They wanted to be alive. These people don't care. They really don't care. If they die in the process, they have done their God's will. And that's what's so frightening, as you as you point out. Uh, and that's why you get suicide or they call them suicide bombers. I call them homicide bombers, but it's the same thing. Uh, people who are willing to blow themselves up to kill their enemy. I mean, that is just, where have we seen that? We saw that with the kamikaze pilots during World War II, but they were few and far between. But nevertheless, it's that same concept, uh, which is so foreign to us. When, when we go to war, we expect to come back whole, intact, and victorious. To them, victorious, they can come back victorious either alive or dead, and it's still a victory. Gosh, I'm glad you mentioned the whole thing with Kamikaze, because several years back I was talking with the World War II that, about that whole issue. He was on a destroyer that was hit by Kamikaze. And he said, yeah, you know, we dug the pilot out of the wreckage of his plane killed about 40 guys on his boat, all right, his ship. The difference was he was a soldier fighting for his side, hitting a military target, our side. Yeah, we were scared to death of these guys coming in because we knew once they went into their dive, that was we had to get them or they were going to get us. He said, we actually did make up a Japanese flag out of a bed sheet, and we gave them a, burn, a proper burn. In contrast, look at the scum today. They don't hit the military. They go into a school and they behead children. They kidnap girls in Nigeria and force them into sex slavery. Where is Western feminism, amongst other groups, on the liberal side, 
I, I'm stunned, Boris, that we don't see Western feminists standing up and saying, this is a war, this is the real war against women, is what this whole concept represents, the enslavement of women. If, if folks listening to this program really want to get upset, go on YouTube. Okay, here's a challenge for, for some of your listeners. I want you to go on YouTube and look up the following. How to Beat Your Wife. Now, actually type that in, How to Beat Your Wife. You'll get an instructional video from a Muslim cleric on the proper way of beating your wife. Look up How Young is Your Bride. You will get an actual instructional thing that it's okay to consummate with your bride when she's nine years old. In the United States, we call that pedophilia, and that's rape, and it's a crime. And when a guy does something like that and he winds up in prison, we know what the prisoners look down around. This is a war against women. Or actually look up this. You wonder what their children are being taught? Go on YouTube and look up FAR for F-A-R-F-O-U-R. It's a children's program with a Barney-like character who's extolling children to go out and kill Jews. That's the face of the enemy. Well, we certainly we're not, go ahead. You and I are talking about it, but how come we don't see our national leadership ultimately talking about it? That leaves me flabbergasted. Well, it's because we're infected with political correctness. Political and absolutely correctness a, fa- a fatal virus as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. It's a fatal virus, political correctness. It is killing us. And it is killing us. Well, Dr. Bill Forstian, this has been an incredible time an incredible discussion and I'm urging everyone if you haven't read one second after that's that's got to be book number one that's something you cannot go another day without reading and once you've read that day of wrath has got to be number two uh, you put those two books together and you will begin to have an understanding of the true danger that we face the threat to our very existence our way of life the constitutional freedoms that we all expect to be there day after day after day. That's what the threat is. Isn't that right, Bill? It is. And it is coming. You know, I've written two books that have rather grim images that have to be laid out there in the open. And like you said, you know, some people called you up and said, why the heck did you ever have me read that book? I couldn't get to sleep. But you and I, hey, we're both equal scouts as well. We're both patriotic Americans, and we're both men of faith. And America, as Abraham Lincoln once said, is the last best hope of mankind. I still believe that we are a special nation, unique in the history of humanity. And we've stood up to evil before. We better wake up and stand up to evil again. Because we've got to pass on to our grandkids liberties that our fathers and grandfathers want to for us. You know, Bill, without, without America, without America on, on Earth, all we are facing is the Middle Ages again. And, and that's really true. It'll be slavery and abomination and totalitarianism. Really not, you can't have freedom unless you have our shining example of freedom for everyone else to look up to. 
Carl Reagan, the reference back to a 17th century writer who described us as the beacon on the hill. Exactly right. And we are the beacon. And, you know, when you look at the, why the Soviet Union collapsed, one of the reasons they could see the example of what Americans had. And they wanted it. They wanted it, and they understood that in order to get it, they had to have a free market economy, and they had to be free. Yeah. Dr. Bill I believe Forster. our best days can still be ahead of us, but we have to wake up. We have to wake up, and we have to fight for it, don't we? Dr. Bill Forston, a wonderful guest, a wonderful discussion. One second after, Day of Wrath, two books. Read them. Stay up all night, stay up two nights, whatever you have to do, but read them. Bill, thank you so very much for being on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you. God bless you, and may God always bless the United States of America. Thank you so much. God bless